Hello, and welcome to UX Hub, a podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experiences of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, or on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global consulting and research firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Diana Franganillo, and I am here today with my co-host, Lisa Cooper. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm just peachy. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I always ask you because I like your adjectives. <laughs> I'm doing well. I love Mondays, unlike the rest of the world, so I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> In today's UX episode, we want to discuss mixed reality teaching experiences. 2021 was a year we heard about the new buzzword, the metaverse, and we continue to do so this year. The expression, the metaverse is closer than you think, has been mentioned like a zillion of times. But what is the metaverse? In addition to the concept of a persistent three-dimensional digital universe where humans interact via avatars, the metaverse is an array of infrastructure, devices, systems, dev services, and applications. In the coming months, the conversation will intensify about 5G, AR and VR hardware, haptic apparel, cameras, volumetric videos, and other constructs like the meta economy with its NFTs. Today, and for the second time in UX Soup, we have here with us Dr. Gary Burnett, who teaches and conducts research in the area of human factors and ergonomics within the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Nottingham. He's going to share with us a mixed reality teaching experience he launched back in 2020 as a way to cope with COVID restrictions called Notopia. I love the name, Gary. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for thanks thanks for having me back. It's um it's good to it's always lovely to chat, talk about all the the teaching side of things that I do in as a as a research project in its own right. Well, Gary, we are delighted to have you here. Could you please describe the metaverse like teaching experiment that you created at Nottingham University and, and why you created it? What were your expectations? Okay, so go so this story goes back to the um, the beginning of the of uh, the pandemic, so almost two years ago now. It was quite apparent that our teaching was going to have to ch drastically change, and a, a module that I um, that I convene in the autumn semester is is all about simulation and virtual reality, and this just seemed an ideal opportunity for me to 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 take on board the the knowledge that I had about about particularly about social VR. Um, and the the capabilities um, of the software there, in order to to basically to to run my module completely in virtual reality. So so it seemed to me that that this was clearly a very positive thing to do, um, because you know what better way for my students to learn about virtual environments than, than to spend a lot of time in virtual environments. Yeah. So I was able to. Um, to spend the time developing the 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 experiences that the concept of notopia um, came to me at like three o'clock in the morning sort of it's always, <laughs> sort of woke up and went I'm going to call it notopia um, and I'm going to to take my students to a to an to an island in a sort of Mediterranean style sort of place it so basically the a virtual place that, that where when they couldn't go or, or none of us could go to to places that we, we might want to and um and that 
was going to be the sort of experience. So it was then really about how practically to do it and to actually have what platform to use, what type of um, how complex my world should be, what type of teaching activities would I actually do within the world? Because instead of, you know, traditionally it would be me standing up doing a lecture in front of a front of a class, but now I was I was within a virtual world and I didn't want to just do lectures within the virtual world. I wanted to do more interactive stuff that really exploited the potential of the of the technology. So I um yeah, so so there was just a lot of planning that went on that summer and then yeah, the, the autumn 2020 was when I ran it and it got a lot of interest. It got, um, essentially, it was it, it was an incredible success. The students absolutely loved it. The, the ratings from the students were um, were off the charts. And I um, and I've just spent a lot of time sort of building on that and reflecting on it. And obviously, being an academic, I sort of start writing papers about it as well. So it's it's become a sort of yeah a, sort of a big thing in its in its own right could you describe a little bit how it works like how does this work because not everybody has virtual reality headsets at home so i imagine you have students some students so, are in person and some aren't yeah so, so when i when i first ran it i knew that i needed to prove that it could work for students without headsets so I knew some students would probably have headsets because they're doing a module on simulation and virtual reality. And, you know, there'll be some sort of gamer um, type students who will be interested. Um, but I knew the majority wouldn't. So so I deliberately chose a social VR platform that would be accessible on desktop, laptop, even tablet type devices um, where they could still be engaged in a 3D environment in avatar form, but they wouldn't have to be immersed via a headset so yeah. what happened that first year was that that there was say a few students came in on headsets you can always tell the students that come in on headsets because they have hands in the world um because ah. when you've got hand controllers <laughs> you um uh, you you can then sort of express yourself and uh, and be more visible to, to others as as well so the so that you know your head the head will move and the, the hands will move and um, and you can be sort of more engaged in that way and more expressive but because it was so successful for for this um, current year of running it so autumn semester 2021 just gone um, the the faculty um, kindly um, allowed me to purchase a whole load of virtual reality headsets and I could lend those out to students one week at a time. Wow. So so it's, every student had the opportunity to, to use a headset for at least one week during the semester in order to, to, to understand what it might be like to, to, to be engaged within Notopia in a, in a high level of immersion. Gary, what was exactly what the in the feedback you received? What was exactly what the students loved? Because I guess that it was wasn't only the connection with the actual topic that you were teaching. So what was what they found to be, you know, um, lovable and likable? So so there were lots. So so obviously treating it as a research project, I was able to to uh, to, to get ethics approval to collect data, and that was. Um, survey data, interviews, and also video data from all of the seminars. And yeah, there were lots of really nice sort of positive comments about the whole experience that that came from this. So part of it is about, about the space itself as a sort of both functional and fantastical world in which you engage 
with the students, mm-hmm. I think, um, but compared to a sort of more traditional lecture theatre, this was very, very different. And it felt for the students, it felt like it was their space. It wasn't a space that they just were in, you know, that, that with you know, loads of other people. It was um, there was a sense of it being student owned so that they could you know put their put their pictures up it was they could go in there outside of outside of teaching time that was also an important thing because one of the things that's very interesting about the metaverse is about having persistent spaces it's there for for you know for the whole um yeah for for your particular community um all the time so you were getting students that were going there outside of um, teaching times they were taking their friends there taking their family there they were doing a certain degree of personalization of the space by putting you know pictures up on the wall or sort or, of or um, they were some some students brought in 3d models of the of the geese that are famous on the university of nottingham <laughs> campus and they were just um because you know just a sort of little reminders of the, of the campus so the place is quite an important part to all of this obviously you can do things in virtual worlds that you can't do in the real world so you can employ magic can defy gravity <laughs> you can walk th- you can walk through walls you can the social norms this is interesting from a from a ux perspective the social norms don't apply in the same way in the virtual space which you know has many positives mm-hmm. you know, students can now can you know if they want to write a message to me quick quickly they'll write on the wall or or they can um you know yeah they can they can fly so you can use all three dimensions in your movement around the space so this sort of um magic and sort of freedom of interaction is really important as well um obviously for engineers the fact that they can interact with 3d content you know bring in a model of a jet engine bring in on a model right. of, a, of a car and you can see it from different angles you can get inside it and see it from the inside mm-hmm. out resize it all of that is really powerful for the for the students and um, the fourth one that is worth mentioning is the students are in avatar form so so this is quite empowering yeah. for students because they now the alternative of, of zoom or teams um, leads to students feeling quite nervous about their cameras being on where they feel the center of attention everything sort of comes in on them yeah. whereas now a certain degree of anonymity but you can still express your identity through your design or choice of your avatar so this is really quite quite powerful i think for people and they can feel that that sort of sense of that they are there and they are present and that they are engaged with the world and it's through through the medium of an avatar i think this is just really really powerful did you find that more shy students were able to speak up because they had an avatar yeah so this came through from the survey that sort of many students said that they were much happier to talk than in in the virtual space in avatar form than they would be in a class mm-hmm. and the other thing they said which i thought was really interesting is that they would often they would engage with students that they would wouldn't have engaged with in the real world because they in class people tend to sit with the people they know and then right. they'll they'll interact with them whereas here it was quite equalizing in terms of the sort of the the sort of relationship between the students and obviously you know for me as the as the convener as well I'm not on a stage anymore I'm I'm sort of I'm on the same level as them my avatar is no bigger or no more important than anybody else's and so it feels like it's quite um it's quite a calming sort of relaxing 
sort of environment for for people to be in so um yeah the the avatar thing is really really interesting i was going to ask what were some of the the downsides of that i imagine you know you're talking about them using it as their space uh, was there any graffiti was there any bad behavior was there did you have to put control limitations on those students so yeah so that the flip flip side of free freedom of movement freedom of expression is is it's all anarchy, I suppose, isn't it? It's about <laughs> the students sort of where where are my students? Where they all sort of wander off and they start defying what you might see as social norms in a real space. And I suppose for me as the convener is that I have to be a sort of aware of of these and make sure that I keep students on topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we keep to the to the learning outcomes associated with the session. I need to find mechanisms for for bringing to providing control. So one so one of the things I realised after the first year of running the module was that I need to restrict students' powers to start with. And this is something you can do. I can I can allow them to fly, but maybe it's not a good idea for me to allow them to fly immediately. <laughs> Because uh, because then my students disappear and I don't know where they are and they all just spend all their time just playing around with all you know the the environment and not and not engaging with the learning outcomes of the seminar. So I I would restrict abilities to start with and then bring those abilities in when they were appropriate to the particular particular lesson to particular class. And that worked really well. And you also, I realized after the first year that there were certain things that I could use in my development to help provide order to potential chaos. So one is that I could um, develop a a little space where if I stood there, um, uh, I think I put a microphone there, a sort of 3D model of a microphone. So it was an obvious place to stand in order to project to the whole space. But I could then, if I stood there, I could be heard anywhere in notopia and this mm. allowed me to basically bring people in so if everyone had wandered off for a you know particular activity i could bring them back by just sort of you know announcing sometimes i put on a, a pretend sort of boom voice to say come <laughs> to the whatever and then they would all the avatars would sort of descend in um uh, ready for the next the next activity so when the restrictions started to lift and you had did you have hybrid teaching so some students were in class and some were doing virtual reality so last autumn when i ran the notopia module so simulation virtual reality for the second time because it was so successful first time i was even even though in person teaching was 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 now the sort of the norm back to back to to, to where where it was before I was still allowed to run my module this same way because the module is about simulation and virtual reality and and it's so successful. I I, I had to make a variety of modifications. One is that my module went from having 49 students on to having 95 students on, so it almost doubled. And I had to think of ways within the confines of the social VR platforms to be able to, to still run it successfully. So because the social VR platforms are, are, are generally limited in the number of people that you can have in the world at the same time. So I didn't want to double my teaching time. Um, and I did I did have another lecturer who was helping me out quite quite a lot with the classes. So instead of the two of us being in the room for with the students, 
um, that we split across parallel uh, parallel universe versions of Notopia. So we had Notopia A and Notopia B that had a portal between the two. So you could students could freely move between the two. But essentially you had half the students in Notopia A and half the students in Notopia B. So you could do, sort of do some parallel teaching, which is quite interesting from a university space perspective, because you don't have to start worrying about how much space you've got because you just create more and more Notopias. Um, mm -hmm. uh, to deal with this you, you need, need the staff in but you don't need the um, physical space now for, for the first first lecture of um, or session of, of last semester's module I started playing around with the potential for more of a mixed reality approach um, or hybrid type approach where I would have students in Notopia and students in the real in the real room with me and there'd be like a two-way window between the two so the students in the real world can see the students in Notopia the students in Notopia can see the students in the real world and um and I just did that right at the beginning and it was and I didn't have very many students in Notopia um but it was really quite engaging and the students could really see the value of it I didn't continue with that last semester because say the module was mainly about virtual reality and I wanted to to stick to to that as the as the way forward but the module that I'm running this semester which is about um, human factors human computer interaction methods um, I am doing that completely with a mixed reality approach where I have roughly half the students in a virtual virtual lecture space mm. space um, uh, yeah, half the students in a virtual lecture space and half the students in the real space and there is a sort of there's there's an an equality between the two there's no sense of any student being more or less important than than the others and um and our first sort of proper session on that ran last last friday actually and it was yeah it, it worked really really well it was very very interesting seeing all these avatars in the the virtual space moving around the lecture theater there and having my students in the real space doing the same activities and it, it didn't create more workload class. for you at all um, it 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 didn't in that um, uh, in terms of time I didn't I didn't have to start doing sessions you know twice so I was only there I was there for the two hours of the session it's quite demanding for me as a teacher yeah to 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 be aware of these two these two spaces simultaneously I was gonna say it's like um, having a three sixty audience and trying to make uh, everybody feel relevant and important and yeah. Present, so. And I think, um, um, yeah, you know, generally it, it 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 worked pretty pretty well. I was um, there. Obviously, the, the 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 classic hybrid session issue of of microphones. Mm -hmm. So, um, if any of the students in the real world talked, that wouldn't get picked up by the microphone at the podium. Um, and so I would have to relay what they said back to the students in the virtual room. Mm -hmm. So you do that. That was an interesting point made at the back there about this. Yes, very interesting. I, um, my answer to that is so, et cetera. So I'd have to repeat the question back to make sure that the students in the. So it just means that I'm, I, I have to be conscious of, of, of both of these groups of students. Mm. Um, but. You know, you could already see all sorts of interesting observations. Um, I'll give you one now. Um, the students in the, the the session was nine till eleven on a Friday morning. The students in the real space 
generally turn up on time. A few students might turn up late, but most of them are there by nine o'clock. OK, because there's a social cost to you of coming late because you <laughs> walk into the room and everybody notices you. Yeah. That's not the case in the virtual room. The virtual room, their students, by by nine o'clock, only about half of them are there. Oh. By five past, three quarters of them are there, ten past, most of them there. So they come in late, much later to the to the you know to the event. So it's um it's and 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 just where they position themselves as well. So the students in the virtual space just position themselves all over the place. <laughs> in the virtual world whereas there's a lot more structure within the real space in terms of where people sit and the clusters of people because people are like like I said before sitting with people they know yeah and that's not happening in the virtual space it's really interesting so, to contrast that every, I've told the students this right from the beginning every single session is a bit of an experiment um, with you <laughs> with you all as willing participants because the students are all but particularly this group of students are largely postgraduate students in um, human factors and human computer interaction. They're just really interested in this as a whole yeah. whole thing. They're very into what's going on in the world and you know what what platform I'm using and and how it all 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 works. So yeah, so it's part it's it's not specifically about the learning outcomes of the module for them, but you can see that they appreciate this type of type of interaction have you got to engage i mean besides this teacher that uh, you mentioned that was helping you in sometimes with the lectures have you got to engage uh, the rest of the teaching uh, community as well have you got any supporter any follower any anybody thinking yeah i will try your way gary so so yes there's been a, been been a lot a lot of interest um uh, not just within the within the faculty or within the university but but externally as well so um so i'm talking at a at a, a, a an event on thursday called the future of university spaces which um uh, which has been set up by some researchers in germany and you know that there's a lot of interest in this i think it is i have the advantage that it's you know, I'm a human factors, human computer interaction researcher. So I'm for me, this is research um, uh, and I'm, you know, I can collect data and I can write papers and I can sort of merge, you know, do the great thing of merging teaching and research. Um, it's for, for others, it's obviously at the moment, it feels like a, a lot of work, mm. a lot of um not to, to get up to the right sort of level. There are other, there are other people that are exploring social VR platforms within the university that I've talked to about various you know the sorts of things um they're not at the moment doing it at the same scale that I'm doing it and I think this will just merge slowly over the over the years you know what will happen is I'll just anyone who wants to hear I, I will tell them what therefore anyone wants to listen I will tell them about you know what I'm what I'm what I'm up to and um and you will you know, I, yeah, I will keep getting this questions about does it involve coding? Do um, how much time did it take you to do this? What's the cost and and all these sorts of things? But it's it yeah, it it, it it's it's intense, but it's not. Um, it's certainly very achievable, and the students clearly really appreciate the experiences. Um. So Gary, with the students that did have uh, virtual reality headsets, did they experience any? 
um, side effects from using those like eye strain or um, did they get any motion sickness, things like that? Yeah, so first year of running the module, there was only like three or four students who routinely used headsets who had their own headsets. So, so, and those those students didn't didn't complain of any particular issues at all. They were very experienced users mm. of of headsets, and the sessions themselves were no longer than half an hour to to sort of to 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 minimise the amount of time that students might spend within the world. Um, this year, when the, the when the headsets were lent out. To, to students. These were obviously more inexperienced users, and there were certainly reported incidents of, of, of sickness symptoms. Yeah, the most common one being eye strain. Mm. And I think um, some students did struggle with headsets and would um, um, uh, significantly preferred using the desktop setup. I think the Sickness is certainly one issue, and that will become less an issue as the headsets get more and more developed, and the 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 the, the frame rates are improved, and the field of view is better, and, and all these sorts of things. Um, one of the things that's particularly interesting in terms of the downsides of headsets that students mentioned quite often was that they it, they couldn't take notes within the world. When you've got a headset on, you're sort of taken away from the real world, um, uh, and you. And 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 the, the the massive positive there is that heightened sense of presence, you know, the immersion of the, of the world. So you're sort of you're quite you're more engaged often in the session, but your ability to start doing other things like referring to referring to your notes and and, and taking notes from the session um, is with current technologies significantly diminished because you can't you can't interact with the world. And, and and interact with your desktop computer and with other devices or, yeah. or or just bits of paper so it was it it they they could see they they really appreciated the experiences but there wasn't there there wasn't the desire from any students to want to do this of the students that we had using the headsets this way for them to use it all the time right. to use the headset i do have just one last question um did you find that your learning outcomes were improved? It's always quite hard to know for sure. So I I feel that the the, the the students' feedback from the module about their learning is significantly improved. So they believe that they learned more from from it. My my marks for the module were um, have been a little bit higher than they've been in the past, hmm. um, but it's it's very difficult. For me to know how much of that is is due to the students learning more, and how much of it is due to the the inherent subjectivity of me marking student essays and presentations. <laughs> so it's um, and it's not a you know it's not a huge amount of difference. So I think um, yeah I th I, I sort of believe they probably probably are enhanced at least based on the student feedback, but it's it's an impossible experiment to actually run, isn't it? Hmm. Okay, I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you very much, Lisa, and thank you very much, Gary. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. So if you would like to chat more about the user experience of mixed reality teaching methods and the metaverse, or to send us any questions you might have, you can email us at uxsoup, or one word, at strategyanalytics.com. The show notes on our podcast website, ux-soup.com, has links to our recent research. There you can also connect with each of us on LinkedIn. 
A reminder that UXSoup is a sponsor, as always, by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights by visiting strategyanalytics.com. And thanks for joining us. Bye for now.